Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to Go Black Boy Go. I'm your host, Jalen, as always, and I am here with a very special guest, um, Afro Sensei. Uh, yeah, do, do you want to kind of like introduce yourself, kind of talk about uh, where you come from and what you do? Okay, well, uh, like you said, I'm Afro Sensei. Uh, I'm a indie artist from Louisiana, uh, Alexandria specifically, which is like in the middle of the state. Uh, I grew up surrounded by music and playing music, but it's only been like in the last, say, six or seven years that I started making my own music. So, uh, yeah. And uh, could you say more about like how Miss Corona has maybe, <laughs> um, has it has it has it impacted your your music at all? Do you think? Definitely, yeah. uh, because last year, really, especially last year, I started performing live for the first time regularly. Uh, just different little like open mic nights or uh, showcases or uh, we had a pride festival last year and I performed there uh, and then once the Rona hit everything just shut down like sharp everything uh, I haven't played anywhere this year at all mm. uh, other than my room you know as far as like cover songs for, like YouTube so has it been like how has it been trying to get your music out like during like this Corona time? Yeah. Um, it's been hard as far as the in-person stuff, but in a way for me, that wasn't as big a drawback because uh, where I live at is very, the dominant genre is rap. Everything is rap, everything mm. is supposed to do rap in terms of like black artists. You know, there's, yeah. there's some Zydeco, but it's also, it's also black music, but there's some like swamp pop and, you know, acoustic rock, things like that. But as far as like among black artists, rap dominates everything mm. so as far as me really being able to promote my, in things in person that hasn't really been picked on that much locally because i really, really wasn't doing that as much beforehand um as far as online uh it's been tough because really more so it was tough in the beginning just figuring out well should i do it because this was like around march april early mm. may when it was like at its height and everything was shut down and nobody knew what was really going to happen next and it's like well a good analogy would be like the entire world is on fire and I'm showing up to the house with a super soaker. You know, it's just like, I mean, bad things are always, always happening, but really bad things are happening. Like, like in a, in a, you know, once in a lifetime things are happening and I'm worried about, should I put this song out or should I not put it out? You know, yeah. that, that's the thing that I was struggling with. It's like, does anyone care? And should I yeah. do it? Yeah. What kind of, I feel like I'm already getting into the interview. I'm just really curious. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, like what, yeah, what what motivates you to keep producing music during this time? Um, I think once things kind of, I wouldn't say settled down because they really haven't, but once people kind of got used to the idea like, okay, this is here and, it, and it's not going away. Uh, everybody's, if you think about it, when everybody's home all the time, it was home all the time and everybody's just sitting around, what are they doing? They're streaming Netflix, which is created by, artists they're playing music which is created by artists so that's kind of the role that you that that yeah. we feel in a way we were an escape or or a distraction or you know an emotional release so you know it makes that in that context it made sense to keep going yeah yeah, yeah. well i'm glad you kept you decided to keep going <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> um yeah so moving on to my next segment i call this a feel good song uh, what did you choose as your feel good song? I actually chose my uh, new single, which came out yesterday, called uh, "Love Takeover." Yeah, and talk, what what about this song makes you feel good? I mean, you wrote it, 
you you uh, did the Instagram live yesterday where you premiered it. What 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 are some lyrics that stand out to you about this song that just make you feel really good? Um, well, I think the chorus as really gives you the main message of the song, where it feels so good when you let love take over. Mm. Uh, but also um, on the I guess more serious side, in the second verse, I say, you know, uh, one of us is bound on the bus of free equality is not destiny. You know. That yeah. really sticks out in my mind right now. Uh, just given everything, everything that's still happening, uh, the non-transition, shall I say, of power right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yeah. yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, why don't we just move on? Like this is flowing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm curious. Uh, so you said you're from Alex. Alexandria. Alexandria, New Orleans. What was, did you grow up there? I grew up in, yeah, I grew up in Alexandria, yes. Yeah, what has it been like growing up uh, black and queer and in, in, uh, that, in the South? And then, yeah, how has that influenced your music, would you say? Um, well, Alexandria is like four hours away from New Orleans, because uh, everybody okay. thinks Louisiana thinks New Orleans. Uh, but Alexandria, compared to New Orleans, Alexandria is very conservative. Uh, it's a very religious town. Um, so you can imagine growing up in that environment. Uh, it wasn't always easy in terms of like uh, hearing things about yourself, you know, in church or even outside of church uh, mm -hmm. from people. Um, but at the same time, Alexandria is kind of strange because it is very conservative and it is very religious, but it also is a strong artistic community. Hmm. So you have that element of it, and then you also at the same time you have, you know, uh, we have several museums around town. We have, you know. Uh, our music festivals where you have musicians that from different styles that play. Uh, there's a strong, you know, Zydeco scene. There's a strong, like I said, they have local rappers, they have some R&B, so it's a mix of things, of creative people that do different things. Uh, for a while, we did have two gay clubs, but they've since shut down. We do have one that kind of travels around here, and it, it moves around here and there, but it's mm -hmm. not really settled anywhere. It's in Marksville, primarily, which is like about 45 minutes outside of Alexandria. So, mm -hmm. so again, so it's, it's, it's that strange mix of like, conservative religious you know side but you also have a strong creative artistic side as well so yeah so would you like did being around all of that creativity kind of give you a way to express yourself even though you were in a very conservative town yeah um, in a know. way yeah in a way it did it took a, it took me a while to get to the other side as far as the creative side community uh because in the beginning, I was a church musician actually, because I grew up in church. And when I was I took, I took piano lessons when I was starting around nine years old, I started taking piano lessons. Um, and so when I did get further along in learning piano lessons, I ended up playing for churches around town. Hmm. So uh, yeah, and I did it from about the age of fifteen to about twenty-five actually. Oh wow! Uh, mm -hmm. oh, that was a, a wow. <laughs> yeah, <it> yes. <laughs> but and, and so I was being creative, but it was in a very um, regimented uh format yeah. Far, yeah yeah okay you you answered my next question yeah yeah how did you speak more on like you your your like early beginnings playing music you started off on piano did you learn any more instruments or and uh who are some kind of like influence uh influential music teachers that you remember yeah. well both music teachers were uh first one she since passed her name was ella d lawson she was the first teacher I had on piano. 
uh, so they were heard from about nine to about, I'd say, 14. Yeah. And, and then from 14 to I was about 18 or 19, I studied with another woman, uh, Kalisa White, who she's still alive and she still lives around town. Um, and she, the difference between them was that uh, Miss Lawson was a much older woman. So she was a musician, but she wasn't as active at that point. Whereas uh, Miss White, she was still active. She was younger. So she would take me out to different churches and I would watch her rehearse songs with choirs and, and I would accompany her on different songs and things. So she taught me kind of like how to be a working musician in that yeah. environment. Uh, so from there, uh, I think she was the one that, she may have been the one that said like, oh, this, this church is looking for a musician when I was around 15. And so I started playing for, well, actually I played for one church before that. And then I started playing for two churches at the same time for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so that was around 15, 16. Uh, as far as the music itself, that wasn't necessarily the, uh, the hard part, the, uh, the uneasy part came when you have to sort of play that game of being out and open. Like, yeah, I was yeah. going to ask, you know, what was that like playing 10 years? <laughs> in a yeah, what was that like? Uh, I, I mean, like I said, as far as the musical side, it was fine. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you grew up in church, but if you, if you have grown up in church, then you know. Okay, yeah, the, the, you know that's, that's our natural habitat is, is the choir saying and the, and the and the keyboard and everything else. Everything but the drums, because straight boys love those drums. So I don't know why. <laughs> that's, that's the, <laughs> it, it, they can they can pound their masculinity yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but so again, it was like that sort of hiding out and open, not confirming, not denying. I mean, because mm. I would meet older men who clearly were gay, and had mm. been active in, in the same thing I was doing for probably a good 10, 15 years before I entered the, the, the picture. But as far as I know, no one knew they didn't confirm what everybody necessarily knew about them. Yeah. And so, you know, you're young. I was, like I said, I was 15, 16. You see this is what's happening, so you go along with it as well. Uh, and so that was, the, that's sort of the, the dance you have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, it, most time, it, not most time, but sometimes it would be the more so the silence, like they wouldn't sort of say anything negative in a sermon or whatever from the pulpit, but it just would be the silence on the matter. You wouldn't hear anybody speak about it positively or negatively. Yeah. And then every once in a while you get some negativity. So, yeah. and then there was that. So, and that, you know, I was already in a bit pretty emotional state. And so that made, just made it worse. And so yeah. it was, that was that battle of like, okay, I like doing this, but I also didn't know I, 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 this would be the trade-off. Yeah. What kind of inspired you to, I mean, you ended up choosing to leave. What, like what mainly inspired you to leave playing for the church um well, what actually inspired me to leave uh was that i actually i'm actually an atheist now so i don't believe in god anymore so that was the main thing is that i don't believe in this uh so what's the point of staying even though you know I, the money is there even though it wasn't a lot of money but it still was good especially at that time because i like fresh out of college so yeah um that was the main thing is that i don't believe in it so why should i keep playing for this if i don't really believe in what i'm doing yeah and that was about 2012 so yeah and how like would you say i i have a question i have my next question is about yeah. your sound so like i i didn't know that you you had played in the church so i'm i'm curious like how would you describe your sound and is it influenced from uh your your early years playing in the church um i would say so because i mean the primary style that I've always worked in has is, is been house music, and of course, I think gospel and house they overlap mm. in some ways. Those, mm. those, those, you know, the, the, the soulful vocals, the, the runs, the big stack harmonies, you know, that's all influenced by gospel. I didn't so, think about that. yeah, yeah. Mm. 
So yeah, I think it has in some ways uh, influenced it, you know, even though, you know, I don't believe anymore culturally, you know, I, I grew up in it. That's the language that I kind of speak in terms of music. So, and you know, even now it's like, you think about your favorite R&B artists, most of them grew up in church. Um, yeah. You think about, um, and just in, just in terms of, uh, like I said, the crossover between house and gospel or R&B and gospel, it's all it's all there. So even now, if, if, a, if I was, in the car and a Kurt Franklin song came on the radio, I still listen to it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in it, but I also listen to it, so. It's good music. It yeah. Is, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so you, you named house and gospel as, as kind of two genres that you pull from. Are there other genres of music that inspire you, the, the initial sound of your music? Um, I think, or I guess R&B would be another one. Um, Probably in some ways I can't necessarily pinpoint it, but probably classical, because mm. when I before I started playing gospel, I would play classical first because for, for both teachers they were saying if you can do this and have this as your foundation, the technical aspect, then you can do other stuff as well. Yeah. So I think that probably influenced that, and I think I know um, playing and listening to some classical music probably got me into more into uh, heavy metal when I was a teenager. I was a metalhead mm. for for a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because oh, you think about, yeah, you think about classical music is like very like, it's big, it's loud, some of it's very dark. Yeah. All the things that metal is, you know, hard rock is a lot of it. Uh, so I think probably that's some, that's some, there's some influence there as well. Yeah. Because around like eighth and grade, that's when I like make like a little detour into like, you know, like uh, Metallica and uh, System of a Down and uh, like Marilyn Manson and all that stuff. So. Oh, wow. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so gospel, house, R&B, metal, and classical. And a little bit, and probably a little bit of goth too, because when I was yeah. in high school, I bought The Cure and um, I bought a little bit of Susie Sue and the Banshees. And uh, I would say, uh, I think She Wants Revenge was like around that time too. I listened to a couple of their things, but. Uh, yeah, could you, uh, could you talk about your process for writing a song um and yeah i'll just ask that question first yep. okay um it's different every time uh sometimes i already i'll have an idea i have a title but i don't have any lyrics to go with it um just actually one song i wrote last week uh called little waves um hmm. i have the title but i didn't have any lyrics and then the lyrics just came in like 10 15 minutes most of the song uh so that's that can be it happens that way sometimes. Other times, I have a melody, but no words. And so, I'll, and then I'll have a melody, and so I'll think, okay, I'll build some music around this melody. And then, once I have enough of that going, I'll start to kind of just sing like nonsense words, or whatever, over the, over the music until I start to get an idea for the lyrics. And then the lyrics yeah. will start to come that way. And then maybe they'll come and like it. And I'll like think like, oh, this is terrible. But then I'll write it out anyway. And then I'll come back later and like you know redraft them. You know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of I guess that's the writer's side of it. Because before I, at the same time, I was doing music, uh, and that was very regimented. I also started journaling when I was around fourteen. So, and that was like the the free form creative expression for me because I didn't take any. I mean, of course, I you know took um, English classes in, in school and like writing things like that. But as far as like any formal training to be a quote unquote writer, I just was writing from whatever I felt at the time in the journal. So. Yeah. That was that was the the one where I feel like felt free in terms of expression. Yeah. And and do you on your 
records, do you play all of the instruments or do you work with musicians? Um, typically, it's, it's mostly uh, a lot of it's samples because, okay. yeah, musicians, you know, cost money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, do, I will play um, out simple lines. Like I have a MIDI keyboard and I'll play sounds through that onto oh, nice. the, uh, yeah, onto the uh, songs if I have certain chords I want. Or I'll use samples sometimes for uh, different sounds, different effects. Um, but the drums, I'm not a great drummer, so I usually use drum loops. Uh, and so now I'll, I'll write out, I'll, I'll play out the bass lines, things like that, and just close to different sounds until I get something that I like. So yeah, yeah. So it's so you you kind of like create a kind of draft of a song, and then you just go back to it and mm-hmm. and until you get it how you want it. Right, and that's it's nice to have with the music too because um, this song was it recently. It was a, a song of my last album, um, the Joy Fantastic, um, a song called Push Pull. Where mm-hmm. it went like it went through like six different versions. Oh wow! Yeah, at first it was gonna be like really like sunny sounding, but that didn't sound right. And then it went to more of like a uh, mostly more of an R&B place, and that didn't sound right either. Then it went to like doo-woppy, and that didn't sound right. Wow. <laughs> and, so, and then it, and then it was gonna be like a really big. I'm never sure if you ever heard the song uh, "Fascination Street" by The Cure. No, I can't so, say I have. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, but like, if people ever listen to like a lot of those mid arts bands, like. Panic at the Disco and like uh, the Killers and stuff. They, they, because those, those bass lines are really influenced. I think by that in my to my ears. Yeah. But um, it went through that kind of version. And that wouldn't sound the right. So and then I find sort of one that sounded almost so much like early uh, Gaga almost. Huh. Um, and so that was ended up being the version that went on the album. So sometimes it's like that where it's like it's a it's a quote unquote journey. We have to like go through different ideas that don't work until you find one that does work. And it, would you say there's a certain, like, with a song, you're trying to find a certain mood to it? Or is it, is that just, are you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it can be, yeah, definitely, because I think it's something I heard uh, Mary J say in an interview once, where she was, she said, the music tells you what to do. Hmm. And I thought and that really stuck with me, because, like, if the music is all, like, somber, minor chords and it's like just the piano then it's not there so that track that you need to go like balls to the wall vocally on you know you may need to like just ease off a little bit and like approach it as a vocalist in a softer tone and in terms of the lyrics if the music is very somber and like minor chords and like you know sort of like a little down then you probably shouldn't be writing like write happy lyrics about over it you know yeah and if it feels if it hits that in you now sometimes you can like um Mix mix it that contrast because you'll have songs where like the music is very upbeat and poppy, but the lyrics are very like ser- serious and somber. Yeah. Uh, actually, somebody who's I think who's kind of great at doing that, she doesn't like, get credit for that all the time is a uh, Madonna. Actually, some of her songs are like that. Hmm. Where like she'll have a song, she had one song of her album, uh, like a prayer, was like till death do us part. But the music is very like upbeat and like poppy, but the lyrics are like about you know dysfunctional relationships and like domestic violence and stuff like that. So, hmm. but yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, something I noticed from listening to your music is that you play with your voice a lot. So sometimes on some songs, you, it's like really, really deep. And then sometimes it's it's uh, kind of like higher. What kind of influences you to, I mean, I, I guess it's related to the mood of the songs, but yeah, what influences you to play with your voice in these ways? Um. I'm trying to think which song you may have heard of what I did that. Um, uh, I'm thinking of Let the Beat Breathe. 
Oh, okay. That was straight Texas, Louisiana, like screw influence. I'm not huh. sure if you know know what the screw music no, is. No, no, no. Please okay, educate all right. me. All right, let, let me learn. Yeah. Um, all right. So screw music is like where you take the song and you like slow the tempo down, like to the point where it's like just super slow. And the chop part is where like, they chop the voice up or they chop the rhythm. Oh, up. so this is like uh, like chopped and screwed, like T Pain kind. Right. Of, okay. Right. That all came like from Texas, like DJ Screw and like that, that and rap a lot and Swisher House, all that stuff, all the tapes. Everybody used to trade back in you know the gap as far as like late nineties, early two thousands, all that stuff. I was very influenced sonically by that. Not so, maybe not so much lyrically at the time. I was kind of ambivalent about it for you know, other reasons. But um, but in terms of the music, it definitely had an influence. And so Let the Beat Breathe is definitely like the Southern influence, like shining through as far as that hmm. just, that low distorted vocal, because a lot of times they'll do that. They'll distort the voice and slow the yeah. voice down to the point where it feels like you're just moving in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I, I I can kind of, okay I I can definitely see the the southern influence because just like when I think of you saying like the kind of like slowing down it kind of makes me think of like the southern draw like just kind of like talking in a very slow and deep manner so yeah yeah I definitely see that um okay and I was gonna so I have to admit when I first uh, found your Instagram page, I thought you were an artist because the photos were so uh, nice and colorful and vivid. I thought you were like a photographer or something. Um, but then I, I was like, oh, he's a music artist. So I'm like, okay, what comes first, the song or the visuals? Well, first, thank you for the, the compliment on the visuals. That's actually, I've been shooting with um, a local photographer, uh, Jesse uh, Butler. He goes by oh. the name. His, his artist, his, his photographer name is a weird rabbit. He's on, okay. he's on Instagram, too, if you want to follow him. He does amazing okay. stuff. I'll so. definitely link, link because the photos are just so Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah we've, I've been shooting with him for years, actually. Um, and then some stuff I, was, I learned started to do this year on my own because of the, 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 the Rona. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, in terms of the visual, in the very beginning, I really wasn't thinking much about the visual, actually. Because huh. in, in the very beginning, when I started doing my own stuff, this was around 2013, 2014. And I was still like a lot of like house, again, like a lot of disclosure. Uh, I think Masters at Work was another one I was listening to. So, in my mind, the original concept I had for like Afro Sensei was I'll make beats. And maybe maybe I'll sing on some of them, or maybe I'll just have other people sing and write to them, and then I'll kind of be more of a curator, like mm-hmm. they are, because that's how a lot of like modern, yeah, usually producer producer albums they, they sort of like have other artists come on and sing, and you know, and, and sing over their music, and then they sort of present it as like this body of songs. Um, but then after a while, just because nobody was going to sing them, I just said, well, maybe I'll write two of them and I started writing songs and then it started evolving into more of a visual thing. Mm. Um, but in terms of what I think of first, it's similar to what uh, the music and the words are. Sometimes I'll have a image, but I won't have anything to pair it with or what I'm thinking of pairing it with is a, it, it doesn't match. Because um, I had one, another song off my first album um, called Refuge um, that I thought about pairing with uh, image-wise was uh, Baron Samadhi about that the voodoo figure hmm. um but to me uh it was too it didn't match because that's it was too dark for what the song was about mm-hmm. but then when it came time to do the video for push pull it fit because push pull is very much about the shadow side of a relationship and with baron uh 
Baron and Maman and that whole family of, of, of that branch of voodoo, it was just about, um, they're, they're sort of like chaotic good, to put it in comic book terms. They can do things that kind of wake people up and sort of like snap them out, but they're the sort of stupor they can be in, but they do it in a way that's kind of, it's very like irreverent and chaotic. So and he yeah. sort of fit that mold for that particular image. And he, but he also has, can be very imposing. So it fit for that particular time. Um, some more recent with uh, stuff I did for Static, where it was like me and the guy, the other guest artist, AJ, uh, we were like in this office purgatory, I call it. Hmm. And so that song was very much about, and the visuals are very much about the, what I call the religion of work. Hmm. The idea that cap capitalism indoctrinates you to believe that you have to um, work yourself to death in order to have like the bare minimum. And so I thought, okay, what if you literally died? But when you died, you didn't go anywhere. You just went to, you just went to the office purgatory. And so that's where the whole thing with the horns for my dreads came from. And like mm. me having one, one eye missing and just, you know, it evolved into that. So, Yeah. And um, so kind of talking about making a full album, yeah. What kind of is the thought process that goes into that? And, and yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned, um, kind of like when you were thinking of the visuals you were kind of I, I, I kind of thought you were um yeah is the visuals related to like the full album yeah they do um but the last album specifically it definitely was which were fantastic because when I started to make the album the music took on it was very lush and it was very it was a even though there were still big sounding tracks it was, they had a softer most part they had like a softer edge to them uh, and certain songs were more emotionally vulnerable than the previous album because the previous album, the first album I made, full album I made was called After Hours. Uh, and with that album, I was definitely like writing through characters, rather, rather writing through like, more of a personal perspective. And with Joy Fantastique, um, when the music took more of, a, on a, more of a personal tone and the sound became softer, okay, and I thought, okay, well, I can't do what I just did with the EP before that, which was Let the Beat Breathe, because that was very much like turn up music. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, <laughs> and so the, it, the so the image was very, very like colorful and it was like like you know colorful African prints mixed with like you know big hoop earrings and like lots of gold lots of gold jewelry things like that. Yeah. Um, but this one, if the, if the music is softened, the image has to soften it. So I have I went to something else. I pivoted towards uh, another deity called a uh, Asamari, and with Asamari, it's another Yoruba deity. And in that case, it it actually um, he. That he doesn't have a gender specifically. He lives half the year as a woman, half the year as a man, according to what I've read. And also the special color, his special color is red. And the nickname is the Rainbow Serpent. And so when it came mm. down to do the uh, photo shoot for that, I went, that's why I, I was all in red, you know, red top, red dress, red lace, everything. And then it, it fit the softness of the music because it was all lace and in the background was like lilac flowers and things like that. And, and you know, lots of gardens sort of imagery. Um, so that it, it really does influence how it, I approach that particular album and the image for that particular album because when it came time to do the video too for another single, The Joy Fantastique, I wore a skirt that was multicolored like a rainbow, like a rainbow serpent. So it carries yeah. over. And yeah, so I'm, yeah, what kind of draws you to these deities and um, voodoo? Uh, what would you call them? Voodoo? I would say, I think with voodoo, I think there's, I would say certain, I guess you could call it, either call them deities or you can call them figures within voodoo. Yeah. Um, 
I don't literally believe in any of it, but I do believe there's a value in it in terms of mythology, the same way there is with uh, Greek mythology, the way you can sort of uh, read about these stories and these characters and, and their origins and sort of take from it what you want and, yeah. and apply it in terms of story. Um, and to, and use it to, and use that mythology to, to tell stories. Yeah, I think I think there's a power in that. Um, just like uh, the fir- very first video I did for that album, When I Fall, there were three deities in that. Uh, there was Shango, who uh, was played by a friend of mine, um, who is the the god of male sexuality. There is Ocean, who if you're up on your Beyonce trivia, that's who she played in. Uh, in one of her videos for Lemonade when she was like smashing the cars and everything. Mm. That's why she was dressed in yellow. Uh, mm. So I had someone play Oshan in the video and then I played, um, as a scene when I was coming out of the water, uh, Ola Khan, which is like, I think, like a, uh, I think he was like a kind of like a sort of wisdom and sort of like a, sort of a deeper knowledge, things like that. So I thought those characters would help really help tell the story in terms of like a transformation because yeah. that's, that song was about fear of like emotional vulnerability. And so I thought if this character goes from one form, he would start off as one thing. It's like one character, I just created him out of my own imagination. I called him the Ice King, just to give him a nickname. It goes from that to being Ola Khan coming out of the pool with his new knowledge of self. You can use the mythology to tell that story. Hmm. You know, so that's what that's the role I sort of plays for me is that you can take these deities that a lot of times, to be honest, that you know, you hear growing up, growing up that voodoo was evil, that you know, African stuff is either savage or, or it's evil or, something, or there's something wrong with it, but it, it really isn't if you just kind of, if you research it, you know, the same way we can take, you know, Zeus and Hera and Hades and learn about them and yeah. and use them for our own stuff, we can do the same with these other deities as well, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so talk to me about, so we, we, we talked about Love Takeover. What was kind of the inspiration for this song? Um, and is this going to be a part of a larger project, if you can talk about that? Um, the inspiration was definitely just about celebrating sort of the power of coming out. That's pretty much what it's about, to put it in, in the most direct form. That's, pretty, that's what the inspiration was. Um, and going back to that line I said before, when we first started about equality is not a destiny, um, I think to me that really sticks out because uh, I think people think like, I can't even think of the exact quote where, where people say that the arc of history bends towards, uh, I think justice is how they, people phrase it. I'm, not, I'm probably paraphrasing it in a way, but I think some people think that it's like a foregone conclusion that we'll reach some point of equality and everything will be all right. And to me, that's not true because equality is in destiny, meaning it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion. If anything, the last four or five years have shown us that, you know, shit can fall apart, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, through things that we weren't aware, couldn't couldn't have predicted like, like the coronavirus, but also things that we, you know, possibly probably did, could have predicted, you know, beforehand. It, it's just, it's not, uh, it's entirely possible that the things that we accomplished can be rolled back very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so equality to me is not, it's an ideal. It's not. It, it won't necessarily be a reality ever. A total, total equality won't necessarily be a total reality because you always have to fight for it. You always have to strive for it. But it's worth striving for. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is uh, are are you, are you working on another album right now? Or are you just kind of 
Yes, I am. Because uh, uh, both Love Takeover and Static will be on this new album that's coming okay. out. It, I, don't, I don't have a release date for it yet, but I do have a title. Oh, uh, nice. The title is uh, BGC. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Which yeah. I'm, if you know what Wait, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think I heard you, uh, you, t- you talked about it on, on the live. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, well, that was my next question, what's next? And you, you already told me that. So let's move on to my final segment, um, a part of the show I like to call, I, I'm, I renamed it. I was going to go with a more positive uh, spin on this segment and say, talk about where we talk about what we're grateful for, but I'm not a, a usually optimistic or positive person. So um, bringing this back, it's called So Done, and it's where we talk about what annoyed us for the week. So, Afro Sensei, what are you so done with this week? Uh, what are going to be this week? Hmm. Uh, I get, well, I've been on it, so I might as well continue with it. But just the whole, you know, denial of reality about this election result is just like, y'all know what it is. And, 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 y'all, and the only reason you won't say what it is is because you're trying to save face with this with the, with, with the base just you know let the shit go i mean just like i mean you know i mean it's it's not because in the long run it's not good it's not good for the individual party it's not good for the country it's not good in general it's just you're just allowing this temper tantrum to go on and on because you're worried about losing political points it's what it is like we know what it is yeah it really is a temper tantrum mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah um yeah same same let's yeah i'm i'm so done with with the fact that it's taken so long for uh trump to accept that he's not the president anymore yeah. i don't think he ever, yeah i don't think he ever will because i mean that's the personality of you know that's the type of personality he has like i just he'll he'll, he'll never admit it he'll just come to some way of like accepting it without saying he accepts it so, so he won't lose face that's all it is it's all yeah it's all theater to keep it yes <laughs> yes that's a perfect word yeah, yeah. yeah to keep the following yeah 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 thank you so much to afro sensei a black queer southern artist who i discovered through instagram some time ago and um i really appreciate this sound his music his look and i was just really happy to hear more about his process so i hope y'all enjoy this interview and listen to some afro sensei i'm gonna link his music in the description you can follow the podcast on instagram and twitter at go black boy go and you can listen to it on most major streaming platforms and if you like a particular episode make sure to comment and share on your social medias thank you once again for listening and i'll see you for the next episode y'all take care theater.